in five, four, three. Take that, Girk. You like what? that? Boom, on the one, on. sir. Hello, everybody. Mm. We are live. And then Troy's coming back now. Troy had to go see a man about a dog. Hello, Troy. We are live. Oh, we actually went live on time? Yeah. Oh, uh, I, was, yes. I, was just, I was just in the back doing some stuff. How's That's it going? Cool. What's That's up, cool. everybody? Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach, and the hosts joining me this evening are the Dwarven DM, John Christian, Holly Hope, and the Dapper DM, Troy, Chris- <laughs> Troy Christian as well, Troy <laughs> Tr- Tr- Sandlin. Oh, is this? Hey, are we going public? Up? Is this? Are we going? This is like we're we letting everybody know about it now. Wait, like, uh, we're taking our relationship to the next level, Troy. Are we are. <laughs> <laughs> he, okay, he referred to you as Troy Christian. He did. The gag was. It's fine. It's okay. We can, I get we'll it. Do it on playback. You can. I'm like, trying. Just, to, when I was when trying you're editing, editing. You'll get yeah. it when you're editing. It's fine. No, it's fine. I got it's it the first time. I was trying to okay, be like, cool. wait, what? No, huh? Oh, I was trying okay. to still be coy about it. You. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> Joffrey. Oh do we need gosh. to go back and restart the the recording? No. no, it's fine. Go no. ahead, Zach. This, why? Yeah. Why this time? Yeah. Why would? Why would we? Why would we try to fix this? I don't it's, know. It's, uh, it's fine. It's, it's, it's a mess. It's. Well, hey, we're going to start our crowdfunding corner for this week. Yeah. Um, and Troy has implemented a new uh, procedure, which is rapid fire honorable mentions. Um, so, you know what? I'm going to do a shocker. Uh, we're going to do our rapid fire honorable mentions at the beginning. <gasps> That's right. They're at the bottom of our Google Doc, but we're going to do them at the beginning. Oh, man. Um, <clears throat> So these are, these are the uh, crowdfunders that we think are cool, um, that we think are important, um, but that we're not going to have time to talk about, or we think that other people have covered them well enough already, um, or we just don't have that much to say about them. Um, so these aren't going to be going into depth, but go check them out. Uh, first and foremost, for rapid-fire honorable mentions, uh, remember that Italian spaghetti fantasy setting uh, called Brancolonia that I talented months back showed off the amazing book that came in. It's awesome. It won like it won a gold any and it won like four silver innies. It's crazy good. Um, they are in the last throes of their next Kickstarter uh, called Brancolonia, the Empire Wax Back. <laughs> right on. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and it is a um, it is a uh, adventure, a campaign for their brand Colonia setting, uh, spaghetti fantasy, kind of like a fantasy Italian fantasy, without any sort of like respect or like it's kind of devil may care fun, right? Yeah. So um, really cool. You should definitely check it out. Artwork is second to none. Oh yeah, the brand Colonia stuff looks really cool. Yep, yep, yep. And it's already way funded, so. Oh, yeah. Cool. All right, Troy, rattle us off. All right, yeah, because I, I put several in, in this area uh, myself. Uh, the first one in my list is uh, Plane Breaker, exploring the planes for 5e. Monty Cook Games, you really don't need to say more after that. 
this is a uh, the 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 concept is this kind of moon is crashing through the plains and it trails with it um, connection points and kind of it kind of sucks up pieces and parts of some of the different planes it has already blasted through. Mm. So this is kind of a, a, you know, it's not planescape, but it's a way to kind of do planescape-ish type stuff. Got new, new uh, races, new backgrounds, new, all, all new stuff from uh, Monty Cook games, artwork, all as always phenomenal, really cool idea, an interesting concept, 11 days to go as of this recording, uh, $292,000 of their $50,000 goal. Monty Cook Games, Plane Breaker, awesome stuff. Uh, next on my list is Fool's Gold, Into the Bellowing Wilds. Uh, this is a 5th edition campaign setting based on the hit YouTube series by Dingo Doodles and Felix... Uh, I don't even... Irnich? Irnich? Irnich, yeah. Uh... This is doing moderately well. There's ten days left. Uh, they want, they asked for ten thousand um, dollars. They're setting at one point two million. So yeah, they're doing all right. Moderately uh, well. Moderately okay. Uh, this one uh, is kind of near and dear to my heart just a little bit because it's got uh, uh, STL files to yeah, to does. print and some pretty cool ones. Uh, a, can I just say a big ass to ask? Um, I love that it labels it. It's bigger than a small dog. It is. It's like twelve inches tall. That's awesome. Uh, thirty new, thirty plus spells, thirty plus items, uh, over thirty-five new monsters, new races, backgrounds, subclasses, an alchemy system, an adventure module, expansive world lore that comes from the uh, the, the YouTube show, and a new wilder magic charts, and a whole bunch of other stuff. This is coming out of Hit Point Press. And like I said, they're sitting at 1.2 million, so they're not hurting. But uh, something interesting to go to to go check out. Are you guys sharing links in the? I am. Um, all right, cool, cool. <laughs> uh, next on my list is the Pop-Bellied Kobolds Guide mm-hmm. to Villains and Lairs for 5e, uh, coming from uh, Jeff Stevens Games. Um, I talked about the Pop-Bellied Kobold several months ago. Their uh, their first offering, which was pretty cool. And this is villains and layers. Yeah, they. Um, uh, Jeff Stevens uh, is a really nice guy. He uh, he gave me one of my first jobs uh, in the industry uh, as a writing gig, and I got to meet him for the first time at Gamehole Con uh, just a few weeks ago. And uh, he is awesome. So you should definitely back this. Yeah, um, new magic items, uh, custom stat blocks, ten layer maps, and I like this is the part I like. Tips for creating villains. To make them a little, you know, give them a little bit more oomph and tips for creating layers as well for those villains. And I'm not going to talk about the, the the cool artwork and stuff like that. But what I'm going to talk about real quick is the contributors. Talk about a stacked pedigree for this thing mm-hmm. uh, right out of the gate. First name you see besides Jeff at the top, Ed Greenwood, Mister Forgotten Realms himself, uh, Jenny Die. D. I'm not really sure how you pronounce her last name. She's the cosplayer that you see all around that does um, all kinds of cool stuff and writes on all kinds of... She always wears like really large elf ears. Anthony Joyce, H.H. Carlin, uh, Justice Armin, uh, Kat Stevens, John Four, who gives great 
DMing advice and gaming advice. I've been subscribed to his newsletter for quite a while. Richard Green, Christian Zoich, and uh, a, an, an ALDM that uh, has uh, been with us for quite some time, Ginny Loveday. No, look at that. Yeah, look at that. Uh, Alan Patrick, uh, Steve Pen- Pankotai, and uh, Jeff Stevens. Uh, oh, and then there's Tony Petre- uh, Petreka, Maxine Henry, R.P. Davis, Alan Tucker, and a whole bunch more. So there's all kinds of cool stuff. They've got a free free uh, example that you can download and check out. So mm. that is the Pot-Bellied Cobalt Guide to Villains and Lairs. Uh, I got two more, and then it's John. We got the Shotguns and Sorcery, a 5e source book. Um, this one's coming from Matt Forbeck. Mm-hmm. And this is a, uh, they are 5e-ing Shotguns and Sorcery. This has been in, and I just lost the, uh, the original system. Anyway, it's, a uh, it's kind of a, a neat idea. It's, you would think at first it's a, it's Western, but it's not. It's more of a. It's a little bit advanced past Cypher. the Westerns. Yeah, cipher system. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea is something happened in this world. Uh, the dead rose, and ca- came uh, sweeping across the continents, uh, taking everybody out. Uh, the those that were remaining ran to this mountain where this dragon lived. The dragon. Uh, they beseech the dragon, please help us. Okay. They created a city. It's called Dragon City. They've got all these different levels to inside the, the mountain where all these people live now. And so it's like a very clogged and crowded uh, uh, Victorian-era London, I would say. Um, hmm. So there's people r- running around with uh, pistols and shotguns and magic wands and... and all that stuff working together. Matt Forbeck is is a prolific writer. I think like thirty six novels. Um, he's actually working on the multiverse, the Marvel multiverse role playing game right now. Um, he's uh, also working on the Warhammer forty k Tacticus games. Mm-hmm. He's uh, yeah, he's written all kinds of stuff. Been involved with D anD D five e. And past iterations of D and D before that, um, fantastic author, awesome game designer, and I mean the the artwork's really cool. I like the idea. Um, it, it's going to get some of my money, I'm sure. And then here's the one I'm I wasn't sure if I really wanted to talk about this, but I'm gonna because I know it's probably something that everybody out there has been waiting for. I'm guessing I'm guessing Girk wants this. Um, Rock, Paper, Scissors, the Deluxe Edition. Yes. Uh, just look at the link. I it, It's Rock, Paper, Scissors. The Deluxe Edition. The Deluxe Edition. You get a rock, you get some scissors, and you get a piece of paper. And in a rules, nice box. In a nice box, you get rules on how to play it. Uh, and you also get a solo mode so that you can play rock, paper, scissors by yourself. And I love how the the paper is referred to as metallic gold performance paper. Performance paper. It's high performance paper. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I would love for you guys to watch the video as, as they explain on how to use it and try to see where it makes sense to you. How, how I, oh, you know, you can, there's also a link. If you're curious, uh, you can click the link to uh, try out a digital version of the game on Tabletopia. Oh, oh there, wow. maybe that will help. Uh, can, can we just be very clear for people? This may come off as a joke and it kind of is. But it's probably going to fund, and it is a box with a set of embroidery stick, uh, scissors, a piece of gold paper, and a geode in it. Yep. So, mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> Kirk says, take my money. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really incredible, the, the amount of, like, this, this art is by the person, the box art is by the person who drew the wingspan art, which is like an award-winning presentation. Yes. Like, this yes. is a no-joke designed, presented Chip Theory Games. Chip Theory Games, yes, exactly. Lore by Chip Theory Games, which is hilarious. It's like someone said, uh, we, we don't need, let, let's move on. Let's yeah. move on. That's Just enough. check it out. It's, if nothing else, it'll give you a, a WTF. A conversation one. piece, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, so... There you go. John, finish yeah, us out with a rapid fire. All right, so I got one. Uh, we're going to talk about snack time. This is from a, a Japanese publisher. I like how John led off with, like, I've got one. Like, I, like I got one. One. That's actual rapid fire. Wink. Okay, here we go. Yeah, yeah so uh, <laughs> let me tell you about rapid fire really fast. Really fast, <clears throat> Troy. Uh, each player is given a sh- score sheet. They map sewers. They guide their creatures to, to food. The food is pedestrians that are walking through the sewer. Uh, there are five different entrances, and this is what is called a roll and write and play kind of adventure, where you've got like a little pad of paper with the, the sewer laid out inside of it. You roll some dice, and what I found fascinating about, or like the idea about this is interesting to me, is that the players are eight, are, are infinite. You can have an infinite number of players, is what they say. As many players as you want. One, two, a hundred, who knows. Uh, but it's supposed to take 30 minutes. I've gone through the instructions on this thing, so this is why I'm not like going to do a deep dive on this one. I find the idea of an infinite number of players... I, I, I'd like to see this thing in action uh, to see whether or not that's even feasible or not. I mean, it's cute. It's like a... Like I say cute, you're eating people. Uh, some of the people that are in the sewers are important, and you can provoke uh, the authorities into coming down to the sewers to eat your monster or to shoot your monster and, and kill them. So... Kind of a kitschy, cute little game, monster kind of game. It's pretty neat. Check it out. Right on. That's it. Hey, look at that. Rapid look, fire that, Believe it or not, that was seven Kickstarters. Uh, and now we're going to talk about the projects that made the cut. Um, let's uh, let's continue this, uh, this, this freight train back up to the top. Troy, talk to us about Eldendale. Eldendale Christmas uh, by by Brittany. Um, this is, she's created five different uh, things. She's a map maker, uh, amateur artist, entrepreneur. Um, she's getting into game design. This has, and I mean, Christmas season's coming up. Um, you know, obviously, we we've seen the Christmas decorations in the the stores since last month. Um, it's just a, a cool little Christmas. Uh, you know, grouping of adventures. Um, I think it's always nice to have some of these in your back pocket. Uh, different level ranges. 
the artwork I kind of dig. It has that uh, I don't know Norman Rockwellish, you know, kind of like from up above, looking down on the little, you know, the the pastoral little town for the for the uh, the first images that you see, and the rest of the artwork's pretty cute. But I mean, you really can't can't knock one of these these things. I mean, it, 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 there's some, uh, a New Year's one shot stretch goal. Um, working on making it into a first through third level adventure. Um, hmm. All kinds of cool. I mean, it's just a cool little, little thing. There's two one shots, uh, one first to fifth level adventure NPCs. Um, like uh, the Ellendale Baker, Dunlock's mayor, Griffin hooks royalty. There's a few surprise guests like a certain, uh, in this iteration wizard that likes to deliver toys. You can even help, some of the elves make the toys and, and get them delivered and things like that. There, uh, there's a couple one shots, uh, first through third level adventure, uh, a digital cocktail booklet for those of you that like a little, uh, alcoholic Christmas cheer. Um, hmm. so yeah, give it a, give it a look. If nothing else, give it a look, check it out. It's not, it's not a huge buy in a whole $8. So I mean, did I miss it? Is it a, is it five E? It is five yeah, E. Okay, there yeah, it is. Five E compatible. There's the top. 5e gotcha. compatible. Okay, cool. yeah, All right, just want to make sure that was one of the things we yeah. We get you on. get you some get you some Christmas adventures for eight bucks. Mm-hmm. And, and and have fun. Go to town. Um. Yeah. Tell me what you think. I'm gonna I'm gonna snag onto it and uh, and see what uh, see what kind of a Christmas uh, frivolity. Is is in the pages. All right, all right. Let me take you to uh, a Kickstarter called Amazing Encounters and Places. This is another five E product, but I think it has a lot of things to offer. Basically, any fantasy RPG. Um, this is by Christian Zoich, who Troy you mentioned in the uh, Potbellied Cobalt yeah. thing. Um, Christian is somebody who I have worked with before. Um, on Den of Assassins, he did all the maps for that product. And actually, uh, I don't know that very many people know this, but there is going to be a Den of Assassins crossover in this book. Oh. Um, we kind of worked out a couple things, and uh, so he's going to have a, an assassin uh, show up in in his book. Actually, I think somewhat prominently in, in one of his sections. Anyhow, this is 56 encounters in eight drop-in locations, overarching plots tying them together, all supported by 64 maps. Um, Holy moly. Christ- yeah, Christian is a map maker, and he took all the maps that he'd been putting together, wove a story that connects them, made some encounters. I think this is a great product. Um, this is the sort of product that I find I pull off the shelf most often. Whole bunch of encounters packed in, um, centered around a certain centered around themes so i say my party's in the jungle my party's at sea my party's in the dungeon i need an encounter i need something that'll last this next session or i need a little a little quest or a little plot to insert in right here this is the sort of book that i pull off um so i'm i'm all about this amazing encounters and places and he says volume one because i think he has high hopes of making this a a series. You didn't mm-hmm. even say anything about the forty plus stat blocks 
in the in the twelve plus new magic items in this thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, this yeah. thing is stacked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's got he's basically taken four terrain types: coast, forest, mountain, and swamp, and done two different locations for each one one of those. So my suspicion is he's going to do another book that focuses on more terrain types, um, like Arctic and things like that, at, at a later date. Oh. Um, uh, he's already blown way past his goal. Um, he did a really solid amount of like pushing and, and promoting ahead of time. I know we put in a lot of work ahead of time to kind of make it as looking as awesome as it could and to get the backer support that he needed. He's at uh, $33,000 of his ten thousand, roughly $10,000 goal. Um, and he has 17 days left to go. Um, I think the other thing that I would note here is that you can get the PDF for, uh, about 20 bucks, which has all the maps and everything. Um, I think that's pretty reasonable. Um, the thing that I like about this and I appreciate him doing is he has the standard pledge of basically 48, 50 bucks gets you the PDF and hardcover, but he also has that tier that's in the middle, um, which is the hardcover only tier at $34. Um, that's a, that's a good deal, people. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, right now there's a lot of, you need that digital content by and large, if you're still playing online, but we're slowly transitioning out of online only and back into in-person play. A lot of us. And, um, I appreciate not having to pay full retail and, and the answer being, well, but you get a free PDF. If I'm never going to use the PDF, I'm, you know. It's not a huge win for me, so I think yeah. that was really smart on his end. And then there's a whole bunch of like higher end stuff that you can go after too. But yeah, but I mean, like having it on the go, you don't have like that's the great thing about PDFs. You store it somewhere like on Dropbox or something like that, or Google Drive. You pull it up and you can look at it on your phone if you're yeah. if you're in a pinch or if you're like on the bus or the train or whatever in the car. Um, having the P- the book is my preferred method. I'm old school. I'm analog when it comes to that, but I, I really do appreciate having that digital asset. And that is a phenomenal price yeah. for, 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 to get the whole, the whole shoot and match for 34, 34 bucks. That's nice. Yeah. He really nice guy and, and really nice maps. So I think you're going to be getting there. I don't think there's any stretch goals on this project. Um, so you kind of know what you're getting from the moment you set in. So that's mm-hmm. me. Yeah, I like it. All right. So uh, next up, I'm going to talk about uh, Reliquaries by Dwarven Forge Epic Thrones for Legendary Dice. So this is kind of one of those things where if you, you know, you need to up your nerd cred or if you're looking to get uh, to, you need more swag or if you want to just put your, put your dice, if they've been really, really good to you, you want to put them on a pedestal. uh, That's essentially all this is. Uh, Mm -hmm. Reliquaries is a a new product that's been uh, created by Dwarven Forge that is explicitly for displaying and showcasing your dice. Uh, mm-hmm. There are a lot of different uh, themes that they went with. Dwarven, Elven, uh, let's see, Artificer, Elemental, Eldritch, and then an Ability Tracker where you can, has like a, a counter and uh, for you can, um, and a placard where you can track different abilities that you're, you're using throughout, the, throughout an adventure. Uh, they are, they're, it's cool. I mean, it's one of those things where you don't, it's not, you don't have to have it, but if you, uh, you've got the extra dough and you want to, you want to pamper your dice and hope that they, 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 uh, they treat you in kind, then they're gorgeous. There's, I think that, I don't think there's any, any denying that the, the painting is, is phenomenal 
and they're using they use the dwarvenite stuff, which I can attest to its durability. Uh, I've gotten I've got the old uh, the old Dwarven Forge stuff, which got to be a little bit more ginger, a little bit uh, more careful with. And then I've got the new stuff too. And then the new stuff um, is lighter, and mm-hmm. you can huck it across the room, and it'll be just fine. You know, I, you're not going to throw it against yet. the wall or anything like that. But even if you if you did, you may end up scratching it or scuffing it, but you're not going to break it. Hmm. Um, they've got some of them that are illuminated, right? Yeah, so like, I saw like, that. Yeah, so an example of one of them, right, is like, imagine if you will, dear listener, uh, a dwarf at their, at the anvil forging something. And the thing that you put on top of the anvil that they are actually about to do a hammer blow against is whatever die you choose, which only makes sense. It'd probably be your D20. Um, they've got the same similar kind of motif, but it's really across the different themes, right? For elf and elemental and things like that. Uh, the elemental one in particular uh, is a phoenix uh, yes. arising, right? And so the phoenix ha- actually has an LED inside of it that will light it up uh, internally. Uh, I can also attest to Dwarven Forge's uh, their technological craftsmanship, putting things like that together. Uh, I have not had a single set piece that I've purchased from them that has an elect- any electronics in it that has uh, that has failed me yet. I do have a, f- a couple buddies of mine that got some duds, uh, but they were very quickly and handily re- uh, returned and replaced by the folks at Dwarven Forge with little to no um, finagling in order to get that to happen. So, uh, dependable, durable. I mean, they're all hand sculpted, hand painted, uh, illuminated. They've got uh, anchor points for magnets if you want to use. If you want to use that, uh, they've got instead of just. It's only not only just like one single piece. Uh, if you want to get like the full set for all seven of your polyhedrals. They've got like a little, almost looks like a like a like a shot glass or a beer flight uh, piece of wood that where you can actually like a little uh, a pedestal or a placard that they can all sit on. Um, yeah, this is like this is awesome. I mean, it's but it's really one of those things where it's it's a it's a luxury item. It's like the wormwood stuff and oh, yeah. uh, where um, yeah the, the the display is made out of mahogany, uh, charged by a USB cable for charging. I mean, this is one of those things where if you've got the dough, go for it. But, you know, it's it's a nice to have otherwise. Oh, yeah. I would love to see something like this, uh, STL files. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's it. So that's one of those things where, I mean, I don't want to, like, you know, rest on that too long whenever I'm, I mean, I love what they're doing here, right? So the last oh, thing yeah. that I want to do is, like, you know, it'd be, it'd be I should, I'd like to be able to print my own. Right, mm-hmm. I would honestly, but I mean, it's one of those things where I think we're going to see that more and more. Oh, the, yeah. In response to this, you'll probably have once either when they're done or someone is like saw this coming and they're already put, printing STLs for this kind of stuff. You're already you've already got like I know I've seen dice thrones and dice prisons and things like that that are STL files that are printable. So I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The only thing I I kind of they're really cool. I I'm just. I'm just hoping people don't bring a set of these to the table. Oh man! To place upon, you know, to just take up more room. It's like I, I don't really care, but uh, I can. I, I'm also like, yeah, that'd be a little bit silly. But if you have a pair of like four hundred dollar dice, you should get this because yeah. you need to show oh, those yeah. suckers off. Oh right? yeah. So. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> it's going to sit in that wormwood box. You know. Yeah. 
I'm like yeah. what's the point collecting in that? Dust. Is, if you want to display it right exactly if you get that if you bought like the uh the semi-precious stone throw that wormwood box tusk. in the garbage that's right yeah the, right Wait, what right <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> hiding the, in that trash the, yeah, or you take the uh, you take that that petrified mammoth tusk dice. That I think that wormwood or who was I think it was wormwood that they they had that set. Yeah. It was like some goo gobs. When it, this is the thing you put it on, you know. The the yeah. the wormwood cases are for transportation right. in style. No, no. Yeah. I'm just I'm just okay. talking, Zach, I wasn't saying it was garbage. Saying that was listen, Zach that said he's, that. Not he's me. Listen, I'm it's just saying like like you got to get. You got to get in the end times, right? Like, <laughs> spalted timber, no thanks. <laughs> Just shove it off the table. Reliquaries are where it's at. <laughs> that's that's what Dwarven Forge should have done for their video for this mm. thing. It's just like piles full of gorgeous wormwood stuff. They, just, just they, <laughs> they get the big Looney Tunes mallet like Gallagher uses and oh, smash yeah. it on a pedestal. Yeah, yeah that would have been a good video. Bam, Dwarven Forge. And then they sl- try to slam it and it doesn't break and they're like, mm-hmm. this Dwarven is what your dice deserves. Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> well, hey, uh, Troy is uh, uh, Troy's up next. I just I just wanted to to show this to uh, <laughs> his luxury my his luxury, luxury uh, dice carrying my dice case. transportation yeah, device crown royal called bag, crown, crown royal that's yeah. right that's right <laughs> yeah exactly Mitch Mitch and you are on the same wavelength yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got all, almost all the colors so it's like you know whatever hey, okay so uh, traveling encounters uh, volume two uh, for five e what's going on here there we go. By Jerry Joe Seltzer. Uh, and the concept for these, uh, Jerry is saying, you know, every character sheet is full of untapped potential with uh, neglected abilities, background features, uh, skills, background stuff, uh, tool sets, gaming sets that you don't ever really use in your game. But he wanted to give you something, give the DM something that that helped you showcase this a little bit more. And this is Traveling Encounters Volume 2. Little encounters from levels 6 to 9 that will will challenge your characters in new and different ways. Unique combat scenarios, uh, unique role-playing scenarios, new monsters, new treasures... New ways to experience D and D, stuff that's dealing with, you know, uh, like the first example. If you have the sailor background, and you know you have proficiency in the water vehicles and maybe carpentry tools and stuff like that, the, not a yacht, not a yacht, will feature those abilities and actually let you use them in a way that, you know, you know, makes it shine. So. Yeah, all kinds of you know the neat artwork, kind of a colorized version of old A D and D style artwork, which I which I dig. Uh, the the books are color coded that kind of lets you know what what's being called out. The maps are pretty good. I dig that. Um, I love how he, he says combats are never boring because he has like a, a round by round breakdown. Mm-hmm. So that way. You know, when the monsters, you know, when you get to the second round, 
the creatures do this. When you get to the fourth round, the creatures do this. Mm-hmm. So it helps the DM really get things flowing. And I appreciate products like this. And, and a lot of DMs are like, well, I don't need that. I run awesome combats. Yeah, maybe so. But I bet... Uh, I bet no, you Jer- don't. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> but you don't. But I bet this- Jerry has come up with some different ideas. Yeah. yeah and, sure. and, and it's just like, you know, the monsters know what they're doing. It's yeah. this kind of a thought process that's going to op- that's going to unlock some different ideas. That mm-hmm. maybe that next encounter that you yourself have come up with, hey, wait a minute, I think I there was something that uh, happened in one of these traveling encounters that's going to help me make this even more exciting and more fun. Hmm. Uh, no, different I, ways to use speed. Okay, go, go ahead. Yeah, I, re- I really appreciate. I want I want to park on that just for a second. I know you kind of talked about it, but I really do appreciate the fact that. It's not just here are their abilities. Here are this is like it's not telling you this is the way that it has to happen. It's like look, here's an example of how your mm-hmm. rounds of combat can go with this combination of uh, of monsters that we've thrown in here. I really appreciate that. I would like I would mind seeing like a a product where they they take the monster manual monsters and they don't have to put it like in a specific place which like it's kind of like the the same vibe as the monsters know what they're doing but they go in a round by round like if you get this combination of monsters here's what they would do here's tactically how they might operate and it's yeah. to your point it's like yeah. yeah you may know but this is just another way of looking at it and thinking about it and yeah. seeing how somebody else does their tactics and i think that's yeah. that's awesome i love that yeah and, and I just, I just, I just dig how he's he's got this thing set up, you know, he using movements in different ways. Um, mm-hmm. they're, yeah. they're just it's all different kinds of of encounters and stuff. Super clever. Yeah. yeah, I like I like books that say what are these things that you look at your character sheet and wish were cooler than what they are. Can we make them that cool? So. Yeah. This is this is a product that tries to answer some of that. So cool. well, and cool. to your point too, Troy. One of the things that like. Uh, Murder is not the solution. Yeah. When you talk about the, not a yacht, you know, it, he, one of the things that he points out here is that it doesn't have to always end in combat. That sometimes yes. an encounter is 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 be, goes beyond like combat tactical thinking and simply like problem solving, uh, you know, like uh, using teamwork, memorable role playing, things like that. So the the encounters that are in here are not combat centric. They're in, yeah. they are actually many of much of it is intentionally. Like, let's not think of like, yes, you can murder hobo this thing if you want to, but here, like, here are some options in this encounter that can be solely uh, non-combat. Hmm. Yeah, and each each encounter has that has the, you know, read you know has the box text that you read to your players. Mm-hmm. I think I think they all have unique stat blocks, um, if I if I'm remembering correctly. And then, you know, they have, like, here's what could happen, and here's where to go from here, and here's things that these NPCs will do. He's got mm-hmm. 26 days left in this kick, in this Kickstarter as of this recording. He's got an $18,000, $18,330 goal, and he's at $17,800 right now. Mm-hmm. Right on. Um, so he's going to, it's going to fund, you can also add volume one to your purchase if you wish, which I would recommend doing so. But yeah, check it out. Traveling Encounters, Volume 2 for 5e. Right on. All right. Um, let's, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about this one real quick. Um, so I, I haven't really talked about this a lot, or maybe at all, on the podcast. Um, but uh, I've had the pleasure of working with Modiphius on their 
newest crowdfunding project, their newest campaign. It's actually on GameFound. And so uh, um, if it wasn't something that I didn't think was cool, I wouldn't talk about it here. Um, but I do think this is cool, and I've got to play test it a little bit um, so I can uh, say that with confidence. Um, we are crowdfunding Skyrim the Adventure Game. It is a board game that is a prequel, a canonical prequel to the Elder Scroll, Elder Scrolls Skyrim. Um, cool. Have either of you two fellows played any of the Elder Scrolls stuff? I, yes, I am. Yeah. I have been lost in the wilds of Skyrim yep. for hours. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, same here. I am. Uh, I am uh, not the diehard Elder Scrolls person that many, many people are, um, but I do like it a lot. Um, and 15 years ago, I liked it even more than I do now. Um, the board game is really fun, though. Um, it's soup. Like, we were doing a playthrough the other day, yesterday, live, and uh, some of the people that were watching on YouTube were like, this feels like DMless D&D. Like a great way to do that. And I'm like, I think I think I agree because it's all about quests. It's got a cool card system where uh, kind of like a choose your own adventure sort of a thing um, where you, you draw cards and you pick which direction you're going and how you get there and whichever choices you make. Um, you know, maybe you choose to save a guy or maybe you choose to kill him. And if you kill him, you have to throw cards out of the deck. And then for the rest of the campaign, this guy and his quests are no longer available. Um, and that could be a big deal over, a, a hours and hours and hours and hours of play. Um, it's pretty cool. I really like it. There's leveling up, there's enchanting, there's, you know, swapping out gear, all the stuff that you like out of D and D in a board game um and we'd love for you to check it out but is there skooma <laughs> sure i don't know that doesn't seem very confident <laughs> i i didn't feel like you were very confident in that answer i i i like i have played so so the answer the reason that i hesitate is I have only played like the playtest version of it and not the full design thing. So that maybe because there's a lot maybe. of like Easter eggs and weird stuff that they've tucked in there. But I'm not sure that I would catch all of them even if even if I knew where to look. Um, but it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Right on, right on. Uh, all right. Uh, after Skyrim. Um, oh, and I'll, I'll just I'll just put it as an aside there. Um, I really, I'll, at some point I'll have some notes and I think, uh, I'm going, I've been asked to start by my company has asked me to start, uh, like a weekly or a monthly blog about Kickstarters and what, what I learned from them as I'm creating and, and helping people with theirs. This one has been very informative and I really appreciate Modifius letting me come on and, and, and help them on the back end. Uh, getting this project up and running. So, okay, John, let's do it. All right, let's talk about Five Torches Deep. Yes. So, for those of you that have not played Five Torches Deep, let me give you a a very brief summation. 
it is a very stripped down 5e osr game system all right so if you're familiar with if you played dungeons and dragons fifth edition you can very easily pick up five torches deep uh, I believe that it's either up to like ninth or 10th level is as far as you get. And there are only like a handful of races. It's half elf or ha it's a halfling orc or half orc. I think dwarf elf, if I remember correctly, or human, something like that. Right. Um, it is, like I said, it is super, super stripped down. I love how stripped down this is very, very simple. The book is one of the, it's like almost like a coffee table book where it's not, like mm. a, it's a soft back, it's not one of those that fits on your shelf very easily, uh, but it's really well put together, um, and it makes a lot of sense. Well, the one that I'm, I'm going to talk to you about, about today is about the High Thane Peaks. It is a mountainous setting supplement. It's not a full campaign setting. It is a series of peaks and mountains and valleys and, and whatnot that you can plug and play into any of the... Uh, really, honestly, you could put this anywhere, really. But it's specifically engineered for Five Torches Deep. Um, in uh, It's a 70-page long setting guide that details mountaineering rules. It has additional lineages, so new races, classes, spells, monsters, and equipment. Uh, guidelines on adventuring in an arcanely drenched mountain range. So it kind of asks the question about what if the dungeons weren't inside the mountains? What if the mountain external itself was the dungeon right if if there were um if it's not just like the terrain and the environment itself but the things were on top of it right in order to kind of like um hmm. uh, instead of everything being underground and dark right um it has a of a compact compendium of rugged climbs and ancient magic is what this whole thing is all about uh the in, it, the artwork is top notch the design and the layout oh looks goodness. great Mm -hmm. uh, they've got mountaineering. They've got high fane magics like uh, ordomancy and stone souls. So different kind of ways that you could bolt on mechanics to the the existing uh, rule set. And this is made by the folks that actually made Five Torches Deep. So the design uh, and the editing looks like it's just gonna it's going to uh, mesh and merge with the original Five uh, Five Torches Deep perfectly. Um, have, I adore this art. Yeah, it's awesome. Right? It's 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 like on a scale of one to ten on how much I love what they're doing here. This is this is at the top. This is nine ten level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like to give you a, a taste here, um, there are so like I said, there are new lineages and there are new classes. And this class is almost like a prestige class. And it's the Goat Knight. That's yeah. an example, right? And it has a mystical bond with their loyal steed, a rock goat. There are they are not ordinary goats. They are stout of heart, long of horn, fleet of foot, and capable of scaling practically vertical cliffs with ease. So this is a because again, this is they're not thinking inside the mountain. They're thinking on top and around. Ex, they're thinking uh, yeah. out external landscape, right? So for a change, hopefully, fingers crossed. We'll see how it goes whenever we pick it up. But it looks like they've got a phenomenal. Like a mountain cavalier is essentially mm -hmm. what they've they've yeah. created with this that could be highly effective and like significantly utilized in the mm -hmm. uh, as a part of a campaign to where a lot of the times you have to leave your the your mount behind whenever you go inside of stuff whereas the goat knight is one of those where 
it's actually you can actually uh, go inside if you need to. So if you do go into an internal dungeon or a cave complex or something like that too, the goat is built around being able to go in there into those tight places and still be effective as a mount. So pretty cool there. Uh, there are six levels, I believe, seven levels. Sorry, it's like I said, it's a prestige class, so you've got to have some existing levels, and uh, you begin this level, at, this uh, class subclass at like level three. You pick that up and go with it. Um, man, I, I, I just only recently, within the last couple of months, did I start reading about five or like I got the book and really started digging into it as if I were going to run the game. As opposed to it being on a shelf, being something that I could reference and like for the show and stuff like that, um, I've really fallen in love with the simplicity of the rules. Uh, this is almost one of those things where you could you could hand this to your players before you actually play D and D with them first, and so then mm-hmm. they kind of like they scale into full blown Dungeons and Dragons, right? Um, and I love the o- the OCR or the OSR, excuse me, the OSR vibe. It's mm-hmm. incredibly deadly. Uh, you like your uh, you don't gain additional hit points in some in some instances in hmm. uh, in uh, um, in Five Torches Deep. Really, really cool. Hmm. Um, yeah. So if you're thinking about playing Five Torches Deep, you should, or at mm-hmm. least picking up the book. If nothing else, it'll give you a lot of really cool ideas. Yeah. That the way that they look at elves, dwarves, humans, and halflings. If that's the four, uh, if you, t- the way that they look at them uh, is is not your stereotypical Tolkien-esque version of those things, first of all. Uh, And it's just really interesting the way that they engineer them when they work in the mechanic out of it. So I really just love the idea with this. of This is not a full-blown campaign setting. This is something that you you take, you cut around the corner, around the uh, the edges, and you paste in somewhere else in your setting or whatever camp you're... Your kind of setting of choosing is. I really like this. High Fane Peaks. High Fane. Uh, from uh, four uh, five torches deep. And I mean, if you're if you're considering it, just do it for twenty five bucks. Yeah. You get high the High Fane Peaks PDF. You get a coupon for ten dollars off of the print on demand. Mm-hmm. You which get is only twenty bucks to begin with. Yeah, which is only twenty mm-hmm. bucks. You also get five torches deep PDF. You mm-hmm. get a five torches deep printable on demand ten dollars off coupon plus mm-hmm. you get the pdfs of origins duels homesteads stealth and the vault everything that they have done for five torches deep for mm-hmm. 25 bucks yep mm-hmm. it's a no-brainer if you're interested in it at all and you should be to be yeah. honest with you yeah if nothing else again having them as these really simplified stripped down rule sets that you could this could make it a lot like a, a lunchtime game for work or something like that. Instead of having the, all the, the like player's handbook, D, DM's guide, and stuff like that, monster manual, Dungeons and Dragons, the full five uh, E complement of rules. This is just like really, really quick and easy and dirty, and you just and you go with it. So I cannot recommend Five Torches Deep enough. Really, really has really, really impressed me in the last couple of months that I've really been digging into it. Yeah, I like I like Bear Droid's uh, scale of art from one to Elmore. Oh, I would say yeah. not quite Amen. Elmore, but man, it's a very evocative art style. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Um, it is not. It's. I hate to say. It's almost. I hate to use the word realistic, but it, it is that. There's. There's a stylization that that goes to it. But, yeah. Uh, but it is. Oh man, it's it's really good. I, I do really really enjoy oh, yeah. this artwork quite a bit. 
and they don't they're not skimping on it either there's there's quite a bit of it so there's lots of good eye candy in these books including the five horses deep book the original uh core world oh i just saw the number jump up who bought which one of you out there bought it (laughs) yeah that's a good point so joe right now we've got we got five days (laughs) so did uh, i five days left (laughs) (laughs) so we got five days as of this recording that are left uh there's a $7,600 of a $5,000 goal, so they've hit it. But um, so there, there is no, it's not going to happen. So if you buy, you're, you're going to get the, you're going to get the stuff. So please do. I already have. Yep, already on it. All right, Troy, you've got one that is the next one is a little bit interesting. Um, I'll kind of lead off with this is one that if this sounds interesting to you. It could use your help. Yes. Uh, so let's let's dive in to to yours next. And yeah. that's and that's exactly why I want to talk about it. Uh, Kalimba. It is an innovative African inspired tabletop RPG. Um, they're asking for fifty fifty thousand dollars is their goal. They're setting at twenty one thousand right now with ten days to go. It is its own system. It is. It is drawing inspiration from the mythologies of various parts of Africa. It is not an exact historical representation, so it's, it's just drawing inspiration from from all the cool stuff that happens, you know, that, that comes out of that continent. Um, there's a quick start that you can check out that, that's pretty cool. The artwork, uh, the color artwork, is to me, it's amazing. I love it. It's just, it's vibrant. It's bright. It's, uh, it, it almost glows off the screen in, in some aspects. The black and white artwork is to me, very reminiscent of, Oh, probably second edition AD and D the black and white artwork you would get in some books. Um, very polished, not uh, not the old old school stuff, but it has a has a nice feel to it. The the color artwork is by far you know it just blows out of the water though. Um, it's just a very interesting. It, it takes uh, they're on the world of, and I probably cannot pronounce these names uh, to save my life. Ie, mm. um, uh, it's it's all kinds of. Uh, Strange things are going on. Or Orishas are the ancient gods. Um, they, the, these, the people have been there since the dawn of time, and the plains are like split. So you've got the spirits that uh, kind of like you know finagle with the the, the humans of of the, the the setting. There's other creatures that you can play, and it's its own system. It's a two d six plus your attribute plus your skill bonus system. Hmm. Um, and it, it, it seems like it would be very, you know, very easy to pick up, but a, a completely unique and new setting, uh, something that, uh, you know, I have not experienced before. Hmm. And I dig that. I like the idea of something that I have no real idea about. And, the fact that they're taking all of these inspirations from Africa and putting them into this 
into the setting. I'm I'm kind of jazzed about it. Um, Ten races. They've got 99 mandingas or spells, 22 or reaches or gods, 70 plus creatures, 120 special abilities, 150 items. The system has no classes. You're given points. Hmm. And you and you put points into your abilities, you put points into your skills, you put points into your into special features of yourself, and you're basically creating your own class as you go. And there are four levels that uh, that you raise up to, and each level has four tiers inside the level. So in effect, it's it's sixteen levels. Um, hmm. Like I said, the illustrations are great. Uh, from what I gathered from reading the Kickstarter, the game has already been made uh, in, I'm assuming, uh, Brazilian Portuguese because the cre- the creator mm-hmm. is is Brazilian, and this is them trying to get the money to do the game in English to get it out to more people. Um, So I'm all about it. Uh, Craftando Games, this is their first Kickstarter um, out of Brazil. So, Mm -hmm. and I love, you know, I love the idea of of helping support, uh, you know, people like this that are are trying to, trying to get, you know, trying trying to break into the, the international gaming market. Because I want to see what what uh, people other than you know the, the the usual suspects bring to the gaming table, mm. and yeah, I I really want to see this thing fund. I think it would be just absolutely awesome. Well, at least follow them because even yeah. if it, this one doesn't fund, which I think it's going to have a huge uphill climb at this point. Um, not to say it can't do it, but even if it doesn't fund, if you follow them, my my suspicion is that they get some help and they relaunch and it's successful a little later mm-hmm. on. So, yeah, yeah, it, it it should be successful just with a with a reapproach. All right. Um, Okay, so here's my last one on the list. Uh, we don't need to talk about this. They don't need our help, but... Uh, but we're going to. But we're going to talk <laughs> about it uh, because I adore this system. I adore this community. We're going to talk about Mothership First Edition box set on Kickstarter right now. Y'all, $830,000. Isn't that insane? Shut that your crazy. mouth. Shut your mouth. Like With that's, 24 days to go. Yeah. yeah. Listen, that that communicates the the how tight-knit their community is, right? Like, this is 1E. Everything that you've ever loved about Mothership up until this point has been a beta test, right? Like, it's been them saying, we want to refine the rules. We want to get it out there. We want people to give us feedback. We want to refine. Now we're ready. Let's do this thing. And boy, oh boy, are they doing this thing. It's a box set. It comes with five zines in the box set. And then there's a mm. deluxe that adds uh, their three previous zines. Dead Planet, which is awesome. Pound of Flesh, which is awesome. Gradient Descent, which is a basically a, a, a mega dungeon for sci-fi horror. Um, and it kind of wraps it all up into one into a special box. Um Man, it's it's just cool. Like Mothership is cool. You should be playing it if you're not. You should at least give it a go. Um, and they know how to present a Kickstarter well. Um, it was sixty bucks for the 
the basic set, $100 for the deluxe. I already own most of the deluxe expansion stuff, so I went ahead and got the, the basic. Um, but, dudes, this is a cool, cool thing, and there's a reason it's getting $830 thousand dollars it'll it'll prop it could hit two million for for a small company really with one of their early products this is this is crazy yes. um and uh you need to climb on board now uh i think because i think we're going to be looking back as gamers 15 years from now 20 years from now and mothership fourth edition comes out and you're going to be pointing at you're gonna to want to point back at your box set of Mothership One and say, "Yep, I bought that." Yep, yep. This will be the this is the 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 red box of our generation. Is that what you're I, saying? I, it no, this could will be, be this, this is this the generation? Uh, the hand folded uh, brown cover D and D stuff. <laughs> I you know, yeah. I, I just love the fact that th this is genius. By the way, that on this page they've got the bingo. It's like Mothership inspiration bingo of all the stuff. That Mothership yeah. is like because as, as soon as I read my copy of Mothership, I immediately thought of Metroid. Immediately yeah. thought of Super Metroid in particular, and I was like, it's yeah. hilarious to me to see it on here as one of the bingo items. So yeah. you got like Alien, Super Metroid, Event Horizon, Sunshine, which is a phenomenal yeah. movie. If you Great haven't movie. seen that, watch yeah. that one. Uh, some of the ones that I know at least are like Dead Space, Solaris, um, mm -hmm. Doom. Obviously, is Doom's there. Blame, Diamond Dogs, The Thing, Pitch Black. And here's the thing, but the great thing about Mothership is the things that it promises are the things that it delivers. Oh, yeah. It doesn't put this stuff up on the board and say, you're going to get ice skating walruses. It, it, <laughs> if, ask and you shall receive. If you if you want a space horror RPG and campaign, that's, that, or not a campaign, but if you want it centered around that, if that's the vibe you're looking for, you're going to get it in this. So I, I'm, I'm with Zach. I absolutely yeah. adore Mothership. I, I, I will say this. Um Zach ran uh, Mothership for uh, a few of us, uh, what, six months ago? Probably a year ago, yeah. A year ago, something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of laughs, a lot of goofing around, a lot of, you know, uh, smart-ass comments and things like that that were said, uh, not by me, other people. But mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I will say that... It is probably the most nervous I have ever been playing a game. Yeah. Um, and I haven't played Aliens yet. And, I, and I'm assuming that it's going to kind of give me the same vibe with yeah, everything yeah. that I've heard about that system. But Mothership, to me, is the Alien game before there was an Alien game. Yeah. So, really so. quick, oh, here's a revelation. Don't be mad at him. It's not his fault. But Gabriel, my son, a friend of the show... Uh, has uh, I I've, I've went through this with him with my with my zine and uh, and he goes I hate this I'm like why he goes because it's in space and it terrifies me <laughs> well, <laughs> so he refuses point. to play it or have anything to do with it as a result of it but it does exactly what like that's the thing is like it's so evocative the whole th like not not just the 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 uh, the art but the text is so evocative he goes yeah. like, I, he goes as he was I was flipping through it. And talking to him about it, and like, no, dude, check this out. But look at this. And he's like, I don't like this. This is making me nervous. Just like, just even looking at it. So, yeah. Now, I don't recommend you know playing it with Zach. Oh well, because I mean, because he'll kill you off. He'll kill you off even if you do good stuff. If you mm -hmm. if you if you play intelligently, 
and it makes it for a really good story, he'll still just annihilate you in a very unsatisfactory uh, <laughs> with you know no no uh, agency, no player agency there at all. No. Like, like, a, like, a, like a rocket launcher to the face. Is that the kind of is that the kind of game that, that Zach runs for you too? No, it was it was more like uh, here roll roll this D one hundred chart. Oh, this is how you get screwed over. And, oh, right. <laughs> there you go. Oh, just so That's you know, great. you died. But I was like just standing there. But yeah, I know. But roll the roll the chart to see yeah, how you died. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. How yeah, everyone yeah. died. That's right. right. That's right. Uh, cool. All right. Well, hey, look, I think we did a good job hyping a thing that doesn't need to be hyped anymore. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. We have two left. Two left. We're on the downhill slope majorly. We're John, uh, this is a really beautiful thing. I'm, I, oh, I had yeah. not seen this before you brought it up. So let's mm. let's talk Relic. Oh, man. Uh, Relic is a tabletop R- RPG that... Um, is about exploring the wilderness and encountering colossal titans in a world haunted by its past. Um, this, um, the bo- this the, there's a box set that this is, this Kickstarter is trying to is uh, is pushing <clears throat> for the Sea of Stars, uh, War Torn, and then the actual core rule book itself. Uh, it, the the core rule book in, includes the untamed wild, the windfall, and the cleansing of the blight and the cursed land. So, okay, so let me give you kind of like the 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 kind of the setting itself. Um, uh, it was um, it's essentially I'm not post apocalyptic, I guess, the, but it's like there's a combination of like a balance of nature and these colossal titans in uh, in the world that are out there in this very wild landscape. And uh, the artwork itself is absolutely gorgeous, uh, and part and like the the titans are kind of like the keystone figures of the things that you're supposed to, kind of like the MacGuffin mm-hmm. of it, right? Is, is slaying the titans, and the titans themselves have like just the right amount of cool and creep that you're looking for in the in the uh, in a in a villain or not in a villain, but in a monster. Uh, you have to t- uh, hunt them down and. Re- uh, that uh, and the the setting itself lends itself to that uh, the exploration and the deep dive into trying to find them. It's not like they're it's like a, a really obvious find that you've got to do. Um, it includes a, a beautiful detailed regional map uh, and each of the settings. So each one of the books has its own uh, a map in it for the setting itself. Um, this game. Um, I, I like look. I think the thing that, that that snagged me was really the artwork. I yeah. absolutely love this artwork. This is not like your your typical fantasy D and D type artwork, where it's, where it's like uh, oils, uh, like oil painting or anything like that. Right? This is a lot of like watercolors and digital artwork assets, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like a stylized anime. I think is it like is the closest thing I can get to is like anime or cart like a, a comic book type of uh, of artwork or art art style. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I absolutely, it, there's, there's also like, I hate to use the term again, but there's also like a heavy metal feel to it too, right? There's a real, there's some grit and grime that's in, and kind of like, um, I don't know, um, like Iron Maiden feel mm-hmm. some of the, the monsters that are in, that are the monsters with the Titans themselves. Um, 
Yeah, so the the, the basic setting, like like if looking at the the campaign, they explain the setting better than I do. So I'll just kind of read it here. The settlers of Windfall siphoned the natural essences of the world, weakening the wild hearts, and created the enormous machines of war they dubbed Sentinels. They were crafted to help tame the wilds of Windfall, each given its own imprinted set of duties and instructions with a trace of the eccentricity of their creators. Sentinels are built of uh, stone lashed to a body grown from their core, the container holding the energy and the, the powers, and lines of power run through their body, culminating in weak points along the bodies called sigils. They are predictable but de uh, dangerous. Like, that's just, like, the three main like encounter types are like revenants which are blight formed uh beasts and um monsters the wild hearts are essentially like the nature these massive nature spirits so if you think like a miyazaki film like uh um uh what is it uh princess mononoke think about it kind of like that where it's like this the the forest god right these <clears throat> these um massive divine almost near divine beings that are uh essentially the world the essence of the world and like an active force of the world and representation um man i like the, the art again the artwork is what got me man it, it, it snagged me i i went ahead and picked this up um, mm. just based on the artwork alone and uh, so the basic is so you choose your art to archetype right so you got the seeker the tempest and the tower um, and, uh, and then you have to choose what's, uh, those are how you, from those you gain, you get your character arcs from those as well. And then you choose a talisman that your, your character is, uh, is assigned to, or, uh, like an, an, an item, an animal companion, or some kind of like a physical feature or a special power that's important to your character. Hmm. Uh, it could be something that you've made, something that's in the wild, something that was handed down to you, something like that. And that's like, and that's one of the things that I, I love about this too. Is like all everything is pushing is like the even the mechanics of the game lend themselves towards the vibe of the of that like uh, like quasi ruined, you know, post apocalyptic world where the beasts are still out there. Like the things that destroy the world or things that put the world in a state of ruin that they are, they're still out there. And you're the you're the ant, and they're the giants. Mm. And but you, the ants are supposed to somehow form a, a create a methodology or a figure out a way to destroy the things that uh, that destroy the world. Hmm. That's very cool. I was looking back at the the stuff that this creator has done, banded to camp, and uh, I I appreciate the variety. Um, that this is their fourth project. Um, and their first project was a book for the Forged uh, in the Dark system, mm -hmm. which is cool. And then they did a uh, 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 100 NPCs card deck, which is, you know, those are always, uh, you know, people like those and it's a variety thing. And then they did a Power by the Apocalypse fairy tales book. And now they're doing their own system. That's just a lot of variety and mm -hmm. I appreciate that. So. Yeah, that's actually something, thank you. That is one thing I did not mention. This is its own system. This is not 5e-centric. Um, yeah, that's I, that's, a, that's an important an important inclusion. Um, yeah. You know, I'm trying to think about, I'm just, I'm just digging through this thing. They do have, um, they'll have virtual tabletop support mm. that'll be included in it. So Roll20 Foundry for those that are our Foundry folks. Um they are they're actually doing pretty well right now they've their pled their goal was 8800 and they're currently at 33 ish mm -hmm. uh, 3300 so um 
It's, it's going to happen. There are 18 days to go as of this recording. And it really is. Like, I invite you if, to, you know, click the links in the doobly-doo. Go out there and find Relic. To, to, to be clear, because John said they asked for 8,800 and they're at 33. They asked for 8,800 and they're at 33,000. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that they're, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the artwork, to me, is a stylized version of the Tales from the Loop. In some ways, yeah. Well, I can see because that. You, because you yeah. get that, here's the people standing in what would be, you know, an idyllic setting of, of whatever, and in the distance you see one of these massive titans kind of like looming over or off in the distance. So it kind of mm-hmm. gives you that, oh, everything's just all right, you know, and everything's pretty cool. Oh, what is that? You know, it, it, yeah. it, there, it's, it's a little off-putting. I, I dig the art style, but it has that kind of, yeah, this isn't what you're used to, kind yeah. of a... One of the, I think the way that I tried to describe it to somebody once about like the tales from the loop, and you're right, I think it's it's very similar to it, is it makes you makes you feel small. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes yep, you feel very small because the Titans are supposed sure, to be, small. and that's that's part of it too, right? It's like the the campaign is not like running from the the Titans. The whole thing is about slaying multiple Titans, mm-hmm. like all twelve of the Titans, um, as a part of the the overarching story for it. Hmm. So you're supposed to engage with them. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, here, let's roll into our last one, Troy. Uh, Before we roll in, I just have to I just have to point out, Joe, <laughs> curse your crowdfunding program. Walla is not doing well. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Joe. Listen, sorry, not John, sorry. Sorry, not sorry. John took the cake, man, with that uh, freaking five torches deep. Oh, I think yeah. I think he sold it to like six people right here on stream. <laughs> yep. Bing, boom, so. boom, bing, bing. Yep. Um, yeah. Okay, so uh, closing out the show, uh, I've got the Doll Maker, an adventure module for for five E, and it's horror themed. Mm. Uh, this is coming out of Luna Publishing, out of uh, Orlando, Florida, and they are wanting to do. What, what they're calling the Petty Dreadfuls. And I'm sure most of us know what a Petty Dreadful is. It, you know, back in, uh, you know, long, long ago, they had these little booklets that would that they would publish for a penny, and they had horror stories inside of them. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like dime store novels, but even earlier than that. And uh, they want to do a series of horror-themed novels, and this is the first one, The Dollmaker. And each each petty dreadful, they want to be independent, but also be able to kind of string them along. They'll have character hooks and suggestions on how to use the NPCs and items and stuff like that. Continuing on in your own uh, home campaign, hmm. however you would like. Uh, this is is kind of you know a, a Frankenstein esque from what I'm from from what I'm reading idea where there's been grave robberies happening but eh, nobody cares it's you know they've been uh, robbing paupers graves and things like that so you know what's what's it to them until the grave of a uh, noble nobleman's daughter gets robbed and so now something is going to be done so 
I don't know. I just hmm. I just kind of I thought, hey, this is pretty cool. I mean, we just got out of Halloween season. You mm-hmm. get if this is going to be a series of of adventures like this, I I like this idea. Mm. Um, you know what it made me think of right away? What's that? Uh, my someday dream of making a a complete port of Batman into the fantasy setting. Mm. And, you know, there's a great supervillain called Dollmaker in that. And I'm like, ah, this makes, this makes oh, me yeah. eager, eager, eager for that dream to become a reality. Uh, but no, this, this looks cool. Like yeah. it's, it's, it, it's doing a thing, which yep. is really nice. Right. Like, um, I, I, there's a couple things that are kind of weird about it. Like this is a, f- 5e book right yeah it's a 5e book one of the stretch goals is for a play mat which i'm not or not a, not a stretch goal but like an add-on is for a add-on. play mat yeah so i'm not sure what they're doing there you know uh, i i think what that i i could be completely wrong i don't know but i'm guessing that a that you're you're going to see more and more uh, tabletop role playing game people with play mats mhm because of all the metal dice. Yeah. Because, I mean, slamming those down on a table. That's fair. That's fair. You know, you know what? You're fair. That's 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 valuable. Um, anyway, I just, there's, there's a couple little odd things about it, but I, there's there's really shockingly interesting art as part of this. And if yes. their past Kickstarter is any indication, there'll be some, uh, there'll be even more interesting art to come. But yeah, yeah. it's cool. The, the custom character sheets are pretty cool looking. Um and the art is definitely has a creepy vibe to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm uh, I'm interested. In this. It, they had they had a five hundred dollar goal. They're already at eight hundred dollars. They've got ten days left to go. Um, it, interesting to see what uh, what comes mm-hmm. out of this because uh, I mean I dig it. Ten bucks gets you the PDF and the print on demand. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Awesome. Well, hey, fellas, believe it or not, we just got, I think everybody believes it. Uh, We got through 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 projects. That's what happens. It's a record. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's a record. That is a record. So Uh, what what did we think? Did we we like the the semi-rapid fire... Uh, I love how our I love how our solution for hey we need to streamline this is um, let's take let's do all the projects that we would have typically done and then add seven more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I I tried to talk faster at least through those. Mm. So mm. I mean that was rapid. Yeah, Fine. yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, well, so let's do this. At the end of this episode, let's do a little preview because we, dear listeners, have done something that, uh, we have not done a whole lot of in the past. We have been efficient in our scheduling. Um, and we can give you a little clue, a little taste, not a clue, a little teaser of what is coming up. Um, Tuesday, keep your eyes peeled for... Uh, a standard episode called Stealing from the Masters. 
Um, that is that is Tuesday the 9th. Then next week, uh, on Sunday, we have uh, currently an open slot, but we're working on that. We're not sure what's going to happen there, but we've got a couple things in the back. Then that Tuesday, we're going to have our friends from Skeleton Key Games coming on to do an interview. They do uh, some NPC cards like we've been talking about before, but they also do really cool arcane uh, spellbook inserts that are like hand-burned, hand-drawn, crazy cool stuff, mm. and they do some workboard supplements. That's uh, November 16th. And then on November 21st, the week of that, we have on the 21st, the next crowdfunding corner. And then right before the holidays, we've got a very special episode for you. Um, we've got two guests coming on, Levi Combs and Skeeter Green. Oh, this is going to be fun. Are going to pop in and uh, chaos will ensue. Um, if you're not familiar with them, I won't go into all their stuff that they do, but they are two uh, prolific creators, uh, heavy in the Kickstarter space right now, and uh, they're a delight. So we're going to chat with both of them. Yes, indeed. All right, fellas. Um, this has been a long episode, so I think we're going to call it. If you uh, have interest in any of these Kickstarters, um, or if you're a creator of one of these Kickstarters that we talked about today, and you want to reach out to us, tell us a little bit more about your product, or fill us in on something we missed that you want our audience to be aware of, you can reach out to us on our Facebook page. Send us a message there at Bite Size Gaming. Um, you can also head over to our Discord, where there's a ton of community inter interaction. Uh, we chat about a whole lot of things. Um, those are basically the two places to find us. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, John Troy, thank you so much for uh, doing another crowdfunding corner with me. Appreciate Joe, Bear Droid, um, Girk, Mitch. Uh, trying to think if there was anybody else lurking in chat that I'm missing. Kill a lot. Um, anybody else that's hanging out in there? All right, fellas. I guess that'll do it. Uh, until Tuesday, we'll see you next time. Have a great game, everybody. Nice to have out there. Have he said? He said. Still stuff out there? No, he said. <laughs> stay chafed out there. <laughs> I did not say stay, stay chafed out there. That is not stay what I said. Stay chafed out there. But that that tracks. Stay so, chafed. Whatever. whatever. It's fine.